And everything in the Bible points us to God. God gave a particular revelation, a particular word to us in the Bible that is designed to point us to Him. It's really impossible to go through life without God. The creation itself, it says in the book of Romans, I believe in chapter 1, uh, the book of Romans chapter 1, even the creation itself, everything that's created around us points back to God. Welcome once again to the Redeeming Love Bible Broadcast. My name is Phil Duddy, Evangelist with Grace Baptist Tabernacle, located in King, North Carolina. Glad to have you with me. As always, interact with us here at the program by email at redeemingthelost at icloud.com. We would love to hear from you. Today, continuing our series on holiness. And on the last program, we left off in... 1 Peter, the book of 1 Peter, and we left off uh, right around verse 16 in chapter 1, but let me read from chapter 1 in 1 Peter. If you have your Bible available, uh, please do feel free to turn there with me, but 1 Peter chapter 1, and we will actually begin in verse 13 and pick up verse 16 right along the way. The Word of God says this, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons, Judges according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. For as much as ye know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you who by him do believe in God, that raised him up from the dead, and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. Now, if you notice, we did continue a bit beyond verse 16, because we are going to be building on our last broadcast. If you missed our last broadcast, please do feel free to go back and listen to it. Uh, but we are going to be building on an idea uh, that we started, and uh, that idea being holiness. And we laid a lot of foundation in the last broadcast, but we are going to build on that today. You see, God, in his holiness, he foreordained Jesus from the foundation of the world. It was already determined that Jesus would be the one to deal with sin from the foundation of the world. Jesus would be the one to deal with sin. Jesus would be manifest, as Peter says here in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 20, Manifest in these last times for you. Manifest in these last times for you. Jesus came, was born of a virgin, and in that process became manifest, became the word made flesh in these last times for you. 
So let's put some pieces together here. God, who is holy, and to go back in my notes here just for one moment. Yes, uh, the word holiness being used to convey a sense of purity, being without sin and uprightness. So this is uh, the quality of God. This is the character of God. And um, if you recall from the last program, we are naturally strangers to holiness in the same way that God is naturally a stranger to sin. See, we were born in sin, and there is no sin in God. But this God who is holy actually does desire relationship. He desires relationship with the world. He desires relationship uh, with people. And that is why, you know, in his love, in his mercy, in his holiness, he made a way of reconciliation in Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. And nobody's going to come to the Father except through him. God made salvation very simple. He boiled it all down to faith in Jesus Christ, faith in who he is, faith in his life, faith in his death, faith in his resurrection, faith in Jesus Christ. But the best part of this is that from the foundation of the world, hallelujah, God wants relationship. God wants relationship. And as people, we have no better proof of God wanting relationship than the very existence of the Bible, the very existence of a preserved, the very ex existence of a perfect, the very existence of a protected, the very existence of an inspired word from God, a very particular word from God that shows us exactly who God is. You see, the Bible is really, it's not a book about people, it's not a book about history, it's not a book about stories, but it is a book about God. First, it is a book about God. Uh, the Bible actually begins, if you look at it in the book of Genesis, it begins with God. It begins before the creation of people. And a few chapters in, you know, the Lord gets around to uh, telling us about the creation of people. But still, even in that creation account, everything points back to God. Everything points back to who he is. God has taken great detail in giving us exactly what he wants to give us in the Bible. It is perfect. It is complete. And he particularly reveals in very particular details, very, very chosen, select details. God very painstakingly and perfectly reveals who he is, first and foremost, what he has done, what he's going to do, and what that means for us, and exactly who we are. You see, God actually, he, uh, the Bible is true. Uh, the Bible is actually true. Uh, the Bible is actually inspired. The, the Bible is actually inerrant. It's, it is without error. And everything in the Bible points us to God. God gave a particular revelation, a particular word to us in the Bible that is designed to point us to him. It's really impossible to go through life without God. The creation itself, it says in the book of Romans, I believe in chapter 1, uh, the book of Romans chapter 1, even the creation itself, everything that's created around us points back to God. It points back to God. Creation does not just point back to itself. Now, the natural order, uh, that means, uh, you know, what I mean by that, um, 
uh, the forests and the mountains and the oceans and the rivers and the streams and uh, the sun and the stars and the moon and uh, the, the created order, the way everything happens according to cycles, uh, the way there are seasons, the way there are times, uh, the way that creation is so meticulously, so perfectly designed, uh, that in itself points back to God. It doesn't just point back to, say, how great the bumblebee is, because uh, the bumblebee is so perfectly designed and so aerodynamically and everything and all the physics involved and all that. And um, you, can, you can dive in, even on the smallest insect, to just detail after detail after detail after detail about how, about how intricately and how perfectly it's all designed. Uh, but that doesn't just sort of point back to how great the bumblebee is. But no, everything about the creation sort of draws you to God, sort of points you to God. It's uh, what's called a general revelation to be able to point you to God. And God gave his specific, his particular revelation in the Bible. But the point is that God didn't just keep everything to himself. God didn't just keep everything to himself. But God moved God spoke. Uh, even the very act of creation uh, was a very, very sort of personal and intimate thing. Uh, God didn't just sort of silently think everything to an, into an existence, but the Bible clearly tells us that God did actually speak. And God spoke and things happened. God spoke and this came into being. God spoke and that came into being. And he saw that it was good. He saw that it was good. He saw that it was good. He saw that it was very good. But there's this intimate process that God God did in the beginning, in order to create. And even the nature of God himself, uh, God, three in one and one in three, Father, Son, and Spirit, all in constant relationship with one another. And then what happens, uh, to fast forward in the Bible from the book of Genesis to the Gospels, um, God um, gives prophecy and prophecy and prophecy and prophecy and prophecy that the, uh, the Redeemer is going to come, the Messiah is going to come, the Anointed One is going to come, the Savior is going to come. And then, how does He come? Jesus came born of a virgin. The Word was made flesh. Um, John writes under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the Word was made flesh, uh, He dwelt among us, He walked among us, He taught among us, He ate among us, He he drank, he sang, he wept, he healed, uh, he spoke, he bore witness to the truth among people. So the Holy Ghost did a work in a young virgin named Mary. And she carried Jesus as, as, a, as a baby inside of her. And she was delivered and Jesus was born. And the word was made flesh, walked among us. Peter said, manifest in these last times for you. Manifest in these last times for you. At the will of God, and Jesus came for you. According to the will of God, according to the holiness of God, according to the, merciness of, the mercy of God, Jesus was born of a virgin. Unfallen. Born of a virgin, unfallen. Born of the Holy Ghost moving upon a woman and putting that baby directly into her womb, unfallen, without sin. 
according to the Lord's will, because he is holy. He is holy, and what Jesus was going to do required that he be without sin, required that he be perfect in the eyes of God, required that he be upright in the eyes of God, required that he be without sin in the eyes of God. And hallelujah, God said, well, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. Hallelujah, the Lord didn't make a mistake. Jesus wasn't an accident. Jesus wasn't just a good teacher. Jesus wasn't just a very charismatic man who managed to pull the greatest con job in history. But no, Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the Son of God. Hallelujah, he's alive today. And he is well-pleasing to his Father. Jesus walked among us. Jesus talked among us. Jesus taught among us. And what did he teach? He did not even bring his own doctrine. He did not, he did not bring his own teaching. But what did he give us? He gave us what was given to him by his father. Look it up in the Gospel of John time and time again. You know, I got this from my father. I got this from my father. I'm doing this because this is what my father wants me to do. He got everything from his father. He was in constant relationship with his father. And what he taught, don't miss this, what he taught, what he did, what he showed, what he revealed, and, and ultimately in laying down his life on the cross and rising again from the grave, what was that designed to do? That was designed to bring humanity. That was designed to bring fallen, sinful humanity into relationship with his Father, into relationship with the Lord, into relationship with him. Even the filling and the indwelling of the Holy Ghost, it is a, it is a, a loud, screaming testimony that God desires relationship because, hallelujah, if you got saved, you didn't just get saved and then God just left you there. But no, God is in you. God is with you. God is filling you. God is your foundation. God is your source. God is your life. Your life is hidden with him and you've got the Holy Ghost inside you. You are brought into relationship with a holy God who desires relationship, and this holy God has desired relationship from the foundations of the earth and even from back further than that, because he is three and one, one and three, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. They've always been in relationship with each other. God, you might say, is full of relationship because that is his very nature. His very nature is relationship, and the entire point of Jesus Christ coming, number one, he came to seek and to save that which is lost. Number two, he came to bear witness to the truth. He was manifest. He was made plain. He was made obvious in these last times for you, including the, the original people who read first what we call First Peter today, and including you today. As you read First Peter, as you hear First Peter preached, Jesus Christ was manifest in these last times for you. And hallelujah, the last times have been going on for a long time, according to our point of view. They've been going on for over 2,000 years because God is so full of mercy. God is so full of long-suffering. And God, hallelujah, is not willing that any should perish, but that everyone should come to repentance. And, and how should they come to repentance? They hear the word. They hear the word that he gave. They hear the particular revelation that he gave in the Bible, and that preaching points them straight to the Son. That preaching points them to Jesus Christ, the one who, who came and the one who was born of a virgin, the one who lived, the one who died, and the one who, in the process of dying, took the entire full brunt force weight of sin 
upon himself the sin of creation, yes, and the sin of humanity, yes, and your personal sin, yes, he took it upon himself. He died. He took the entire wrath of God. On the third day, he rose, and he's the one who's drawn you today if you're lost. Because this God wants relationship with you. This God wants relationship with you. And you ask, well, preacher, what has God ever done for me? While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And God gave you your last 10 heartbeats in order for you to hear that statement. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While you are yet a sinner, Christ died for you. He didn't just write you off. He didn't just condemn you. He didn't just throw you away into hell. But friend, if you walk into hell today, if any, if any sinner walks into hell today, then they're going to have to do it around Jesus Christ. They're going to have to do it walking around the cross. They're going to have to do it walking past the empty tomb and saying, well, I don't believe it. 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 I don't have faith in that. I have faith in what I think. I have faith in what I do. I have faith in what I feel. And my faith is in me and not in Jesus Christ. That's how people go to hell. People go to hell walking past God. People go to hell walking past Jesus Christ and not believing. But hallelujah, God wants relationship. God is full of relationship. He desires you. He desires you. His love is a relational love. His love is a holy love. His love is a good love, and his love is a perfect love. And I hope this little preaching has helped you to see that. I hope this little preaching has encouraged you. If you are a Christian today, if you're born again today, then hallelujah, God hasn't left you alone. God hasn't left you alone in this time. God hasn't left you alone in this place. He hasn't left you alone in this life. You're in this world, but you're not of this world. You're a stranger and you're a pilgrim. And hallelujah, Peter reminds us, that we have an inheritance, incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God, through faith, unto salvation, ready to be revealed in, in the last time. Hallelujah, God is your foundation, God is your standing place, God is your strength, his joy is your strength, and God is with you in the morning, God's with you in the afternoon, God's with you in the evening. God's with you in, in the easy times. God's with you in the hard times. He doesn't leave you. And his word, hallelujah, his word, he has so much to say to you. He has so much to say to you. You see, the only message that God gives to the lost is, is repent and believe the gospel. The only message that God gives to, to the lost is Jesus Christ. He came and he lived and he died for their sins. And God desires them to be saved. But to you, hallelujah, he's got so much to write to you, Christian. He has written so much to you. He's given so much to you. What a gift we have in the Bible. It's a precious thing. So read it, Christian. Know it, Christian. Internalize it, Christian. Believe it, Christian. And hallelujah, you'll grow closer still to your Savior. You'll come up more and more into his stature. And you'll never be happier in this life than when you're walking according to his will. But what a Savior he is. What a Savior he is. What a holy love. What a relational love. What an intimate and personal love that doesn't really stay personal for long because you can't help but tell others about it. You can't help but desire as your Father desires. 
to see other people saved and to see other people brought into relationship with him, to see other people change, to see other people be made new, to see other people receive the inheritance and the blessing of Jesus Christ working in their life and saving their soul, filling them with the Holy Spirit and bringing them from death to life. But hallelujah, his love is a holy love and he's a holy God. Now we will continue this series on our next broadcast and uh, there will be one more part of this series. Um, God's love is holy, God's love is relational, and God's love is also covering. And we will explore that aspect of his love in our next broadcast. But um, for the here and now we will end this program, but I do invite you to listen to our next broadcast. I do invite you again, reach out to us, interact with us, redeeming the lost at iCloud.com is our email address. That's the best way to reach out to us. And uh, this is a ministry of Grace Baptist Tabernacle. And it's a church that is located in King, North Carolina. GBTMinistries.com is the church website. You'll be able to find information about, about us as pastors and about uh, the church, about what we believe, about who we are. And you'll be able to find the location and service times there as well. We do invite you to visit any of our services. We do look forward to meeting you in person. But again, this has been the Redeeming Love Bible Broadcast. My name is Phil Duddy, and may the Lord bless you.